0: you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now, here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant.
1: Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet Another show, and today is going to be a different kind of show for a number of reasons. And the first thing I've got to tell you is this: as you have been tracking with me and listening to my podcast episodes so far, you have basically had me giving you a solo show. You hear my thoughts. You hear that which I bring out of the vault at the command center here at the Immortelligent. Leadership Institute when I reach in the vault and get you one more valuable resource. And today, I am kind of not reaching into the vault per se because I have someone who's coming into the command center and sharing with you on this episode today. I am sharing. She will be a guest lecturer with me behind the Jamaican microphone. Well, not really behind because I am behind and she will be behind... Another microphone. And today, my guest will be, I have a guest, a very special guest, and her name is Heather Vickery. Heather Vickery. And we're going to talk about when the quote, I am the boss, does not work and what to do instead. When that is no longer what it used to be, I'm the boss, do as I say. I'm the boss, just follow the orders. I'm the boss. You know, all those things no longer works. What happens? And It's not working. Look at the data. Look at the turnover rate. And you will agree with me that it's not working. And if that's the approach you're taking, you're going to find out that it is not the best approach and what to do instead. So are you ready to hear what to do instead? Let me see your hand. Okay, I see one hand there. I see another hand there. Okay, I see. The <laughs> My friend, you're. I just don't want to take much more time to allow you to hear from an expert on leadership and what she had to say about this one thing, that when I'm the boss no longer work, what do you do? So with that, and without further said, <laughs> I want to bring in, with me as my guest lecturer today on the show, Miss Heather Vickery. Thank you for joining me here today on The Kings of Grand Show. And it's a privilege to have a special guest on our show today. And her name is Heather Vickery. Let me Briefly tell you something about Heather that will help you have the context in our conversation today. Heather is an award winning business owner and success coach. She leverages her entrepreneurial skills and expertise to coach individuals towards greater personal and professional fulfillment. A celebrated public speaker, Heather. Inspires audiences and empowers attendees with the tools they need to choose bravely and live courageously. The Mama Four is the author of Gratitude Journal, Shift Your Focus, and she's the executive producer and host of the Brave Files podcast. Heather, welcome and thank <laughs> you for joining me on the Kings of Grand Show today. How are you doing?
0: I am wonderful. Kingsley, thank you so much for having me.
1: It is a privilege and it's a joy to have to sit behind this microphone speaking to someone like you who have had this great experience. So, Heather, let's kind of start and give me a brief backstory about what is it that you um, kind of led you into this journey where you are today? Why was it prompting? The, the nudging? How did you get there?
0: <laughs> Such a big question. I have been doing this a long time. I was recently asked to send in a resume for something, uh, which sounds funny. I'm not trying to get a job, but no, I, I, I I've been asked as for a, a board that I'm I'm working um, looking to work on. Yeah. And I said, my goodness, I haven't I haven't had a resume since I graduated from college. Yes. Um, which was a long time ago now. <laughs> you know, the the funny answer, and I it's tongue in cheek, but it's it's also true. There's truth in all jest. Is I discovered very early on in my career that I worked really well with people, but mm. I didn't work really well for people. Mm. I I like to create my own rules and develop my own boundaries and build my life the way that works best for me. Yes, that did not coordinate very well with working uh, in an office for other people. And, and I did that for a number of years. And I had my side hustle business for part of that time. And then I just decided like I was going to go for it. Um, I felt like I had enough connections. I had enough experience to give it a try. And, and I if you look on my website, you can see this quote, which I love, which is um, what if I fail? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? Mm. And I just closed my eyes and I leapt into it. And it's been up and down. If you're an entrepreneur, you know, it's up and down, yes. but, um, never ever a moment of regret, even in those like scary, you know, it's feast or famine, even in those mm-hmm. like, i Oh my God, yeah. am I going to be able to pay the bills yeah. this month? Yeah. Um, somehow I just dig a little deeper in those spaces and put my energy towards the positive and doing the work and yes. things out
1: <laughs> you know i think what you're describing so well heather is what we i talk about on the show so much and that is emotional intelligence the uh, self-awareness and, and so many people when they're in especially entrepreneurs who are trying to lead themselves and lead a business sometimes it's solo sometimes it may be a team of one or two it doesn't matter the point is there's a need to to lead and i call it intelligently because what happened is that self-awareness so let me ask you, because you are a leader in the sense that you're at least leading yourself, leading your sure. business, right? <laughs> um, what, when you hear the word leadership, um, what, what comes to your mind?
0: That's I love that question. And I've actually never had anybody ask me that question. I refer to myself as a success and leadership coach. But leadership is first and foremost, and you've just said it, whether or not people realize it, is an internal mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, A lot. Putting yourself in the driver's seat of your own life and or business if you own your business. Um, But leadership is um, it's in order to work. Mm. It can't be doing what you think you've seen somebody else do that looks right. It Mm. has to be tapping into your authenticity and uh, Mm. understanding deeply what the thing is that you want. What are the results you're looking for? And to lead in a way that the people around you or or even yourself can buy in to what you're trying to do here. Um, mm. I do I work with a lot of different companies. We have a program called The Whole Employee, um, which is honoring that an employee who is valued and respected in a 360 manner right. stays longer, is happier, makes more money, has better customer service, all of those things, right? And so I have, to, I have to coach leaders on how to bring those whole employees in and how to meet them where they are instead of saying, I'm the boss, do it this way. <laughs> yes, you know, It doesn't work. It used to work because we had a fear-based yeah. society Yes, and I, we don't anymore. And, mm. and the way we do business has shifted. And so a leader isn't telling people how to do things. It's learning how the people that support you best work so that you can collectively work on one goal. Or multiple goals. You know, th- that is
1: so much in line in what it is I talk about here on this show, because, you know, my, my newest book is called The Most intelligent Leader Succeed Where Other Leaders Failed. And you have put your finger on one of those things I find where leaders who have taken the, you know, in, in the 21st century, but they're trying to still lead as if we were in the 20th century. And you kind of put your finger on that very important thing that we have to lead um, based upon with the resources that we have, getting to know our people. So w- when you work with leaders and as one yourself, Heather, um, what, is, what might be a person who's listening right now? Where would they want to start? What's the first thing you would say to this leader? If you want to change your leadership style and get more results, get better results, where would you say that they might want to begin this process?
0: I love, I love that question. And that's the answer to, my quest- to, to your question is they ask questions. The first thing that that you want to do if you want to know more or grow or do something differently than you've done it before is ask, 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 ask questions Uh, and then and then listen to the responses. Don't just ask questions because you think you're supposed to ask the questions and really hear what people are saying and then ask more questions. Okay, this is what I heard you say. Is that what you meant? How can I best support you in that? Or how can we work on this together? Ask questions. Listen, ask more questions until you get to where you really want to go and everybody feels valued and supported and like they are working on something collectively that is how we are successful we all want to feel those things Mm -hmm.
1: do you find in your work heather as you're describing that leader who ought to adjust and modify their leadership style to fit what you have just described what do you find when leaders will say that you know i'm not made that way that's not my makeup that's not my personality (laughs) that's not my (laughs) what do you do with that
0: you know, what I think in those situations is I think that they will never be as successful mm-hmm. as they want to be. Yes. Because I call, I promise you I wouldn't use any bad words, but I call BS on that. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad word, right? That's not. That one's that's safe
1: not. to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I said that uh, belief system. <laughs> belief system. Yeah, I,
0: I call it because, um, you know. It just doesn't work. And you may have a whole bunch of people who follow through and like jump in line to hop to what you want. But what you don't have, you don't have loyal employees. Mm. You don't have our coworkers. You don't have happy ones or family members. Right. You can lead in your family. You can lead in your community. I'm very socially um, social justice oriented and, Mm -hmm. and active in. That way, there are a lot of ways to lead. If you bark orders and expect people to to hop to you and behave the way you think they should behave, they may for a while do it, but they're not loyal. they don't believe in your mission, they don't trust you, they don't feel valued they're not going to stay
1: you know I think that fits what the findings of the research uh, Gallup had done a poll, and in his in his research, he found that. 87%. So it was 64% of people who are kind of um disengaged in the workplace and 24% more are actively disengaged. So you have 87% uh, of the workforce are disengaged. That means they're just showing up. Yeah. And so yeah. only 13% really that's kind of really are showing up to do the work, right? So um when you find that it, it's, I think what you're describing is that kind of outcome when leaders are that way. So what I find, Heather, is that, again, we get some pushback from some leaders who are like, you know, I'm the boss, people need to just do as I say, and just follow <laughs> orders, and, right? And, yeah. and we get we have a happy day. But you're saying that really doesn't work that much. So one of the things in my book, I talk about one of the first traits, I believe, as a foundational trait for leadership. And I use a word that's kind of old fashioned, but it's it bears a meaning and I call leaders must be stewards of their people, caring for nurturing. What's your thoughts about that as far as a beginning stage for leaders?
0: Absolutely. I, I love that word choice. I, it, it is a stewardship. Um, It is a mentorship, whether or not you're the big boss, you're the CEO, it doesn't matter. Um, They look to you. I, I like to liken this to any, you know, anybody who's in a position of power, Because of their role, folks look up to them Mm -hmm. and they want to emulate them and guiding them um, is really an important part of the process. I was actually – I work with um, a large corporation of accountants, which is so weird, (laughs) but I love it because they – They're not one of the big three, but they're just underneath the big three, and they really value the whole employee. We've put together a bunch of programs, Mm. and one of the things that people really struggle with is once you get promoted, going from being the doer to the creator. Mm -hmm. And so um, steward works, but I think creator works also. What is the – what is the energy you want to create? What are the clients you want to create? Who are the team members you want to create? You you have this opportunity, but it's difficult to yes. go from being the person who does the work to being in charge of creating the people who do the work.
1: And, and what do you find if you were to even to follow that idea, um, that person who had been promoted and now transitioned to become more the creator type and rather than the doer type um, and how how do they make a transition where they as smooth as possible, where they <laughs> you know, get the the buy in to make that happen?
0: Yeah, it, some don't. Hmm. Uh, some people just aren't cut out for it. Okay, um, but some do, and they do it well when they have a company who supports them. So I, executive coach, a lot of these people as they're transitioning up, um, helping them make sure their communication is on point put together good systems and strategies for how to be a good team leader and a manager and how to manage their own time. How mm. do we get you as tight as you can with your day and your schedules and your routines so that you can model that behavior for the mm. people who work with you? So th- to answer your question, I think support. Yeah. Whether it's outside support, whether you bring in a coach like like me or You have that internally. Some companies have that built in or knowing who who are the people you look up to and going to them and saying, "Okay, how did you do this? What Mm. tips do you have? Again, same answer for me. It's always this this answer. Ask questions.
1: Yeah. You know, I think you're describing that what I call the growth mindset uh, leader Mm -hmm. who really realize that it's essential that they develop. See, I see leadership not as a position or a title, but as a skill, and so one of my chapters is leadership is craftsmanship that you know, I think Abraham Lincoln, who was asked a question, you've had eight hours to cut down a tree, what would you do? He said, I would take first six hours to sharpen the ax and then the yeah. next two hours to cut the tree down. So I believe leadership has to be something that people continue to develop. So when you find that a leader who may be promoted and and really because they have performed so well at a lower position, But yet they are lacking. You said a coach, a mentor is really a great way. How else can they possibly begin this this journey of developing themselves as a leader that would more likely succeed at this level?
0: You know, I think there are a number of different things you can do there. I would probably suggest right off that you do some of your own reflection, sit with yourself. What was it like for you to be the doer? What worked well? What didn't work well? How how did you like to be managed? Um, understanding that you can come in with a different approach and a lot of self-reflection is really needed to be successful. And then any opportunity that you can to learn and step up into it, really challenging yourself to step up into that leadership space, um, identifying what that actually is for you in your organization, in your life, and kind of maybe finding some things that make you uncomfortable even, and, and really pushing yourself to do those things that feel different. Hmm. Different is good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, right? And I, I think many times we just have to look at things from that perspective. It may not be you know a bad thing. It's just, just different, right? Um, so- yeah. Yeah, here's the thing I, I find, Heather. Um, I, I wonder how do you, when you are self-reflecting, because I think you're on to something here, which is so cri- critical for the leaders that I, I am focused on is those who want to develop their emotional intelligence, which is saying, I want to have a better self-awareness and manage my emotions. And, and, uh, because, you know, I call that leader the thermostatic leader who is a thermostat, <laughs> right? To set the temperature, but also yeah. a thermometer to gauge the temperature. So they have to play both roles. So self-reflection is so important. How do you do your self-reflection that help you to become even the kind of leader you are today? Okay, before Heather give us her answer, and you are going to want to hang around to hear what it is she had to say, because I tell you she really went a bit deeper into what is working for her, what has worked for her, what has worked for her clients, and you don't want to miss it. But before she does that, I want to bring you, as we've been doing, the Did You Know segment of our show. Did you know that the national dish of Jamaica is what's called ackee and salt fish? Now the ackee fruit was imported to the Caribbean from Ghana in the early 1700s. As ackee is another name for the Akan tribe, and it is also known as Bligia sapida, whatever that, however that's pronounced. But it is eaten in Jamaica with saltfish. Now there is a part of the fruit that is very toxic, and it has to be prepared a certain way, and that's why it is. Restricted as far as the exportation, exportation of it, because it has to be specially prepared or it could be poisonous. And what happened is when it's prepared, though, with it's almost like an egg scrambled egg look with a yellow. And boy, isn't that a delicious fruit? When you go to Jamaica, make sure you try the national dish, ackee and saltfish. Did you know that that our national dish is ackee and saltfish? Well. Now you know. We now return to regular broadcasting of the Kings of Grant show. So self-reflection is so important. How do you do your self-reflection that help you to become even the kind of leader you are today?
0: I, self-reflection is absolutely So important. And it is very hard to practice what we preach, I believe. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we have to really catch ourselves and like, wait, why why am I (laughs) feeling stuck or why am I not feeling the energy that I know my clients feel? Well, I'm not I'm not putting myself through the same systems that they go through. So I have to stop and go back. Um, I really believe in regular introspection and self-respection. So it, this is not just something I think we should do at the end of the year, or at the beginning of the year, what worked, what didn't. Uh, I like to set specific time aside on a, on a small scale weekly. Okay. How, what went well this week? What do I want to tackle next week? But particularly monthly on a grander scale, um, make sure I'm focused, make sure I'm focused on my vision. Has my vision changed? Sometimes those things change, right? Is this still the path I want to be on? Am I serving people? Mm. Uh, every day I I totally, totally stole this from Thomas Edison. So we'll give him credit, although he probably won't get mad at me for using it. (laughs) But Thomas Edison used to every morning and every evening, he would say when he woke up, what good shall I do today? Mm. And each night before he went to bed, he would say, what good did I do today? And I've taken that and I stop and I think about it. What what are my intentions for the day? What mm. good shall I do? Is it good just for me? And that's okay. Is it good for others, my clients? How am I serving everyone today? And then, you know, at the end of the day, you wrap up and you think, all right, what, what happened today? What good did I do? And that ties in, you know, you mentioned my gratitude journal. This is the similar concept. When you focus on the good things, when you focus on the good that you've done or the things that you're grateful for, or the beauty that surrounds you, there's actual science that proves there's no space for the negative. Mm. That you cannot have both negative and positive thoughts at the same time. Right. Scientifically proven to be a fact. So if you even if you have to force yourself to really focus on those good things, what good you did, what what you're grateful for, what's beautiful around you, it will crowd out the rest and it's it's almost like a motivation train. To, mm. It gets you excited and it gets you moving. And as a leader, making sure you're you're really focusing on all of those things and looking at the big picture around you and also the small one. what are the little things that are happening
1: you know I, you know it's so in, interesting you mentioned about that because I was going to ask in this self reflection idea you know how does your even your gratitude journal and i think you 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 kind of um, fleshed that out to some degree, and you mentioned the idea that in, in the small things because sometimes we're looking for the big things, and as especially yeah. a leader, we are visionaries. We are looking at big picture and and end results. And at the end of the day, you know, how are we um, creating a profit for the company? And I get that part, but I think when we're so big picture, sometimes we we overlook what's very important. And that's where I think our people who are leading if they could see us a little bit more sensitive towards the small things like what they did, how they made the day a better day, and, and, and give gratitude, not just, you know, for ourselves being grateful, but also be grateful for them doing what they're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. It's helpful, right? Uh,
0: without, without a doubt, um, acknowledging the things that your team members, your employees, your coworkers are doing well is more important than acknowledging what they're not doing well. Yes, you have to be able to give critical feedback. This is important. It's part of everyone's job. But if you want them to be successful and you want them to pro- be effective and productive for you, not acknowledging what they have done to move the team forward is really important. And here's the thing. Mm. Big things never happen without little things mm-hmm. that's good. you don't just have big successes a ton of little ones created that success that, so that, honor those I, I you
1: know i really wanted to let bl- that thinking for a second there because i think we could become so big picture that we forget the big picture is made up of small pictures and you know like those little uh pixels that are goes into a picture they they can be overlooked because you have the pixels out of order are or, are or just not good pixelated it's not going to be a good picture. So I think I'm hearing you are, are focusing on sometimes the more granular part of a, the leadership aspect where some leaders will say, I don't have time for that because I'm just so busy. I'm so big picture. I don't have time to think about those small things. So when you mentioned earlier about the acknowledgement and recognizing even the people who are making the small contribution parents, what are some things you would suggest a leader do that would help him or her? um show their team that they are very aware of their contribution and they want to acknowledge how are some ways they can go about doing that
0: I am a really big fan of in the moment feedback mm. uh so when somebody does something well tell them right then okay I love that you did that. That worked well. This client is happy. Thank you for making that effort. Also, if you have team meetings, which everybody should be having team meetings, I, you know, when I, some of my clients, it it, it depends, I meet all my clients where they are, but some of them, we will literally open a coaching session by saying, what were your wins for the last week? And so as in a team meeting, you can do that. You can say, these things were so great last week and you can call people out. People love to, to feel publicly acknowledged and also, it shows other people what is good in your mind, right? So, they may not realize that sending this really great, well-crafted email is something worthy of praise. Mm-hmm. But if you acknowledge, you know, so-and-so sent this client this wonderful email and we got this great response, I'm just using that as an example, yeah. but... Um, It gives people an opportunity to see what else they can step up into. It inspires ideas and always lead, I believe, with positive. um, Even if you have constructive things to say, start with those positive things. Um, But in the moment is really truly where the magic is. And often we forget, we think we're going to. I I was talking to a client last week, um, not exactly the same thing, but still I think really important. They were in a group meeting and another team leader – kind of called her employee out in a way that was really uncomfortable so Mm -hmm. my client um, immediately went to that other team leader and said this was a problem this is why you can't do that again I got to protect my people Mm -hmm. and that went well but then I asked my client did you tell your employee that you did that for her Mm -hmm. and she said no I Mm -hmm. didn't and I said, well, it's not too late. She needs to know you're going to bat for her. She needs yes. to know that you saw that this was a problem and that you will vi- will be there to support her. And that is just so crucial. I, c- I can't stress that enough.
1: You know, um, Daniel Goleman, he talks about the uh, whole idea of empathy. And one of the things he talks about in the three Levels of empathy is this one piece you describe is a empathic concern that tells your people that you have their back. You will go to bat for them. Because mm-hmm. You're you're going to ask them to give you their best, but you want to also say, hey, when you're doing that, remember I'm going to I'm not going to throw you under the bus. And I find right. that when you know in my book I talk about this very idea, you know, the feedback I call it a sandwich. You know, so one layer that oh yeah tw- right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and and then the idea of um, you know, we always reprimand privately and praise publicly. So you were describing yep. something that some leaders fail because they reprimand publicly and put a person uh-huh. out there. So going back to the idea of the lens of gratitude, because I think that's your expertise in your book, um, you know, about the journal idea and calling people to this idea. What's your ultimate goal that you want people to say, hey, if you practice this gratitude? skills or this journal, what might be the shift that may happen as a result of this?
0: Yeah, the shifts, there are a number of them, but the overall big picture shift that all these little bitty pieces go into creating um, is a sense of internal happiness and success. That sounds really ridiculously broad, but those things are defined by each of us individually in different ways. When we stop and say, I did this thing well. So the journal not only asks for you to list gratitude, but it asks for you to share your personal wins for the day. Mm. So I did this thing well. I'm proud of this. I'm loved by this person. I enjoyed this moment. All of those things change your mental energy And when your mental energy changes, then the energy you put into your work, into your family, anything else that you're working on, that changes. And, you know, we're told from a very young age that we can't change other people. Right. Mm -hmm. The only person you can control is who Mm -hmm. it's you. Right. Mm -hmm. You can only control ourselves. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you that when we change ourselves, the people around us change. Yes.
1: And, you know, you because that's I, I like where you, you kind of describe again one of the things. You know, my my whole goal is to help. You know, is to where leadership skills and emotional in, intelligence intersect. Because you describe when the, the the fourth skill of emotional intelligence is is relationship management, and you cannot do that well until you're able to have self awareness and self management. Because the relationship management piece, it all kind of, you know, encapsulates everything else that you've done up to that point. So you're describing very much that you're right. We can change our environment if we change ourselves. It's impossible, I believe, to change an equation Uh, the variables on the equation and have the same results. It's impossible. That's exactly right. Right? That's
0: exactly right. And so that's the goal of the journal and gratitude work in general is it shifts you. It changes the way you present into the world. It changes the way you approach what you're doing. And as a result, everything around you shifts as well.
1: I have a couple more questions as we're coming down to the end, but I wanted to make sure I don't lose this context here. If people are interested in finding out more about your journal – how do they go about um getting access to that?
0: Absolutely. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can okay. search under my name or the book and also on my website. My website's vicoryandco dot com and it's available there as well.
1: And is is um it's called the Gratitude Journal, shift your folk would you tell tell us what it was called actually so we can search yep. for that.
0: Yep. You got it right. Gratitude journal, shift your focus.
1: Okay, great. I want to make sure that I got that right. So <laughs> again, I I, I think that it's so critical because gratitude, you said such a, a very profound statement you said earlier when you said that you can't do both. You cannot be doing practicing gratitude and have everything else happen at the same time because your brain cannot work that way. And I and I really appreciate you sharing that because that's so important for us to, to remember. Um, you mentioned earlier to... Uh, Heather, about the creative part as a leader moves up the ladder and he or she have to now be, you know, the, the creative, the vision caster and so on and so on. I talk about the idea of leadership of a person being a leader need to learn how to be a good salesperson because um, so, <laughs> yeah. but I find that sometimes they are, are like, wait a minute, salesperson? So if you were, heard the phrase, as a leader, you ought to be a good salesperson, what comes to your mind?
0: Absolutely. Well, everybody's selling something. Come on. <laughs> yes. You you might not be selling copiers. I did that once in my life. Um, but you are selling why you want to be on this team or why you believe in, in your company or your product or your people or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, you do have to become a good salesperson, even if the only thing you're selling is yourself, which a lot of us are doing that on a regular basis. Um, and I, I do believe, though, that one of the ways that you can be a really exceptional leader and also a really authentic salesperson is by making it okay for people to not always get it right. Ah, oh, I love that. This is all a learning opportunity, right? And so there is, and it sounds trite these days, but there really isn't failure if you've learned something from it and you make different choices. And as a leader, acknowledging when you make a mistake mm. is so very important. Mm. Wow,
1: I mean, if I could just end on that, but I (laughs) want that's you know, you know, really, reason why I I say that and I just kind of um take a deep breath because I think it's so critical to create a safe environment where people can make mistakes, learn from them, and don't feel as if. They're going to be chewed out or killed, so to speak, because they made that's a mistake, right? right? So, yeah. you are, that's really profound. And I really appreciate you mentioning that, um, mentioning that aspect of, of leadership because we don't think about that too often.
0: It's really, really important. That's sort of kind of my niche, uh, mm. sort of kind of it actually fully is helping people approach traditional situations in non traditional manners yeah. and new ways because business as usual is not business as usual anymore. Yes. So, we have to come at it from a different angle if we truly want to level up. Hmm. How, how
1: does, this, is, this is a burning question I had to ask. I meant to ask it earlier. But going back to the person who is now creating rather than doing and he or she is in a position to make hard decisions and sometimes unpopular one. What do you find uh, the way that they can go about doing that without losing out losing their people, so to speak?
0: It's very difficult uh, Mm. to make those hard decisions and ones that people don't like. Uh, Having information available to you, understanding why you've made the decision and making it clear, you know, the the age old parent thing, because I said so doesn't work. (laughs) Let's understand why. Mm. I had the pleasure of being at a conference last month that Barack Obama was keynote speaker at Mm -hmm. and somebody asked him if he ever had any easy decisions to make. And he said, no, he's like, if there were decisions were easy, somebody else had made those decisions already. By the time it got to me, it was straight down the middle and nothing was going to be simple. But it's not my job to know how to do everything. It's my job to put other people in roles that know how to do everything all of the other things. And I have to count on those people. And it goes for every leader anywhere. So when you have to make difficult decisions, A, consult all your people because they should be experts in things you are not an expert in, (laughs) right? You can't be an expert at everything, um, no matter what. And you have to trust your people and then just have backup evidence, have proof as to why you're making this choice. And then maybe throw in the caveat, look, I might get, this might be wrong. I feel like this is the right choice. I'm gonna make this choice because the decision has to be made. And if it turns out to be wrong, we will deal with it and we will come up with a plan together.
1: You know, and that's why I think it's this your 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 statement earlier made this what you just said so um such so a a very um, important statement because you said if we also help them to learn and make mistakes and realize that it's not the end of the world, they too will allow us as leaders to make mistakes. And realize it 's not the end of the world, so it 's a mutual yeah. kind of um, thing that took place right there
0: absolutely, hundred percent wow. yeah,
1: well, heather, I mean this has been such a very powerful <laughs> and no i mean very targeted and 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 great conversation I wanted to ask you know you mentioned just something by being at this last um, conference where barack Obama was, and you kind of I was going to ask what's one piece of advice you would give to a business leader. Um, that would help them succeed where others have failed. And you kind of touched on that briefly, but would there be anything else would you say that a leader needs to keep in mind if they're going to succeed where others have failed?
0: You know, just be honest, be authentic. People can see through it. Be your true self and allow the people that work with you to do the same thing. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> so Heather, um, what's the best way for people to know more about you and what you have to offer? And is there anything else you would like want us to know before we kind of wrap up this, um, interview?
0: Yeah, I am really, really easy to find. My kids think it's hilarious that you can just Google my name and up pops all my information, but it's, um, it's Heather Vickery. My website is vickeryandco.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Vickery and Co. Facebook at Vickery and Co. Um, also on LinkedIn, happy to connect with any of you. And if anybody listening Uh, wants to know more, I invite you. I love connection and I invite you to go on my website and schedule a 15 minute chat with me, whether you want to just ask me a question or learn more or tell me about who you are um, or if you're interested in coaching, doesn't matter. I invite you to come in and have a virtual coffee date with me. You can find that link directly on my website and I would love to get to know you.
1: And Vickery is spelled V-I-C-K-E-R-Y. Correct. Correct. And so, if, as you're searching for that, make sure you get the right person. And, um, I, I tell you, <laughs> I've, I've, listened, you know, I've gotten to, uh, to know a little bit more about Heather by listening to her podcast. She has a podcast also. I love the name of it called the Braves, Brave Files, it's like Yeah, a powerful name. So again, you can listen Thank to you. her podcast and hear her interviews and her stories as well, which you can learn more about her. But please do uh, connect with um, Heather and Heather. I want to say, you know, from the, the heart of the leaders who want to make a difference. And I call them the intelligent leaders who are succeeding where others fail. A big thank you for being on the show today and offering such great value.
0: It was my pleasure. Thank you so very much for having me on. It was a fantastic conversation.
1: Thank you. And there you have it, my friend. Again, I hope today you get some very valuable—I know you did. I don't even have to say I hope. I know you did because Heather delivered the goods, right? And we appreciate what she did. Now, as I mentioned before, that as you listened and you heard me mention about my book, The intelligent Leader succeed Where Others Failed and Become the Leader Everyone Loves and Wants to Follow, make sure that you get your free copy, and you can do so by going to— kingsleygrant.com slash free leadership book and you can get access to that so make sure you do that today and don't forget if you have not joined our facebook group to do so at facebook.com slash groups slash emotelligent e-m-o-t-e-l-l-i-g-e-n-t emotelligent leaders right so join us there and let's continue the conversation Okay, so my friend, remember that you are one skill away, one skill away from your best hope. And today, I hope you were drawing even closer through this podcast episode. With that said, my friend, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.